So welcome to Unsigned 518. I'm here with Christian Montgomery of uh, Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band, if I got that correct. I got that yep, correct? that's correct. Sweet. And we were um, uh, on last week's show, because that's, that's how I roll. Nikki Chaos was a guest on last week's show, even though she's sitting here right now. We just recorded it about five minutes ago, so a little behind-the-scenes action for you. But So you... I had reached out, or I, I think I just like made a post saying if anybody wants to come on the show, and you were like, I want to come on yeah, the show. Yeah, I think I, I replied and begged. Like, you did beg. Please. <laughs> you just said, hey, I want to come on the show. And I said, <laughs> I said yeah. I'll do it. Pick so, me. Um, and as you were coming out, you know, you said Nikki was, was going to interview you um, for Radio X, and right. you were like, can she come along and i was like yeah so let's do a double episode so that's why it worked out that way but you'll be you'll be week one nikki and then christian will be week two so but anyway now that that little behind the scenes bullshit is out of the way (laughs) i guess we want to talk about and you know um your musical journey i guess and sure we did talk a little bit before we got rolling so like Mm -hmm. i am privy to to some of of how it happened and there was a, a big gap and you said you know in the 90s you did a bunch of stuff but i guess as far back as you want to start your story why don't you kind of tell us how your musical journey has uh, led you to huh. to my my uh, dazzle then well it started <laughs> um it started in the church of all places my uh my grandparents took me in when i was very small uh, my dad is from copenhagen denmark and my my mom, uh, she's a, a Boston chick. She uh, um, she and I lived with my grandparents for quite a while, me, her, and my brother. And this giant conglomerate of an extended family kind of all hung out at my grandfolks' house. And my grandmother forced me to go to church. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ethel Merman, yep. but she sounded almost exactly like it, except worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that while we were in church and she was singing all the hymns, everybody was staring at us like, oh, my God, what what is that? And I found that the only way to um, to keep that from happening was to sing louder than her and sing above her. And the reverend that we had was uh, uh, previously had been a tenor with the Boston Pops, and he heard my voice. And, um, you know, knowing we, you know, my grandfather was... A fisherman, uh, knowing we, we were not from an affluent family, um, asked my grandmother if he could give me lessons. And don't worry, it was the Episcopal Church where the priests are allowed to marry. Um, so she, she immediately, you know, she, she didn't have any, like, you know, uh, she, she didn't have any, uh, any worries. Um, and so he, uh, he started giving me these uh, lessons in opera, how to, how to breathe, um, where to sing from and just all this really cool stuff. And then I remember one day I showed up and he handed me meet the Beatles and he was like, I want you to listen to this. And then I did. And then that was, uh, he just kind of started pawning off his record collection on me. So, you know, went from that to Zeppelin to the stones. And I mean, the guy just, he had a huge library of music and, um, introduced me to all this cool stuff. And I was like, man, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And um, so uh, a buddy of mine one day said, hey, there's this band, a punk band called Crazy Frank looking for a, uh, a new singer. And Crazy Frank was a gentleman who lived in our neighborhood who um, we'd go to his house and, you know, he was the only son. 
of a very affluent family um, who would just happen to be batshit crazy. And one day we went to his house to ask his mom for ice cream because she would give us ice cream and cookies and she had passed away and he screamed at us, we don't have no fucking ice cream and chased us down the street with a hatchet. And we were like, you know, they decided that was a great name for a band. Living up to his name, yeah. So uh, I started playing with them and we won the uh, University of Lowell Battle of the Bands. I think I was 14 and I was singing. Um, all the other guys were a little bit older than me, um, but, uh, you know, college kids and f- being 14 or 15, it was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, um, going into high school, I, uh, I, a girl asked me out and, you know, said, yeah. And we started, uh, going out a couple of times and I was at her house and I was like, man, your dad looks really, really familiar. And she's like, oh, you've probably seen him on TV. And I was like, oh, oh, from what? She goes, oh, he's the drummer in Aerosmith. Oh, I was wow. like, oh, cool. Um, and then I proceeded to find out how incredibly boring these rock stars were. Um, watch me like a hawk, like doors were not allowed to be closed, um, was your stereotypical dad. And I remember being at a dinner one night and being like, so you're not even going to ask me if I want any cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And he just kind of gave me this look like, did you really just say that? Like, um, and, and, um, I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, you're, you're in the biggest rock and roll band in the world right now. And I'm still sober. And, you know, he, uh, I realized at that point that he didn't appreciate my sense of humor and that dads were dads, regardless of what kind of a job that they had, um, and, uh, that, believe it or not, kind of grounded me. I was like, man, you know, uh, after talking to him and hearing it's, it's a job, no matter what it first and foremost, it's a job. It's what puts my kids through college. It's what puts food on the table. And then, so they, it kind of took a lot of that starry eyed BS that we all think about out of my system. And I got down to songwriting and, um, so it kind of just never stopped. It was, uh, um, I, I started to get accolades for it and, um, I, uh, you know, got nominated for the music awards in the early nineties and was, you know, uh, we toured with, you know, major label bands and then everything fell apart. I met the wrong girl and, um, stopped playing music and luckily <laughs> that, that imploded. Um, and, uh, um, after finding new love, um, you know, my wife, April just encouraged me to get back out there. And it's, this is what now four albums later. Um, and, um, we immediately, you know, got nominations for the new England music awards and the Boston music awards and all that. And it was kind of cool to get back to where I left off. And, um, if you've ever seen the movie The Natural with Robert Redford, sure, it's kind of my musical story, you know, <laughs> right. without without the getting shot part, right. but but oh. close enough. I mean, you know, but yeah, that's uh, in a nutshell. That's from then till now, and so, so you've got four full length albums. Out? Yep. And that's after, I mean, you said it was what, like a 20 year hiatus, and uh, then you yeah, just 18, 18 or so, you know, that's, 15 that's to 18 year. Um, yeah, I got a, in the last three years, it's 48 songs recorded. Wow. So a lot of blood, sweat, <laughs> tears, a lot of treasure lost. 
um, but totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like we were talking on Nikki's episode is it's a lot about self-fulfillment. That's like what drives us to do that. You know, we're not here to like impress other people at this stage in our lives. You know, we're not like these hungry young artists that are like, oh, I got to make it or we're it's self-fulfillment. You Mm -hmm. know, And, and if you have that, I guess that mindset that, you know, you know, you're doing this for you that Mm -hmm. comes through in a very noticeable way. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about class when it comes to art too. Now, like, um, what, what I've found is, is that even though today music is more accessible to everyone, like we can all record our opuses whenever we want, but getting it to the masses, making it through all the algorithms and the, all the streaming crap that we have to, uh, engage in, um, it's more difficult than it's ever been. Um, it's costly. I mean, and it's not, you know, like the Jimi Hendrix days where somebody went into a club and saw this dude playing guitar and went, holy shit, like the world needs to hear this. Right. And then they finance the whole thing. And he's right. just like, oh shit, all I got to do is play, you know? Yeah. You right. Got, and you got to do everything yourself. Right. You now know? it's, now it's more about it. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, in my personal opinion, whether someone's talented or not, if they have the resources to put themselves out there in front of people financially to do it, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take off. Because you want a million streams, mm-hmm. like all you gotta do is fucking buy them, right? Exactly, like, exactly. You can literally um, just buy them and then put it in front of people if you got yeah. infinite resources. So I I think that, and I mean, just from since you know the pandemic till now, I've found that people are returning to the live stages to the to the clubs um where in my personal opinion the real art is the people who are working nine to five and writing songs about it because the majority of us in the country are still we're not necessarily well off we're we're still struggling um and it's it's kind of uh if you if you look at the pop culture that's happening i I often refer to it as the Hunger Games. It's all this really shiny, pretty crazy stuff, and they're all watching us kill each other um, while they're uh, you know they're eating filet mignon and you know drinking Californian wine while we're we're sitting here struggling to to make art. Right. But um, and then they're also singing about how much of a struggle yeah. they have. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, a, a buddy of mine in Boston calls the rock clubs there the temples of affluence. It's like oh, he, you know, I mean. God, for you know anybody who can afford to go to anything other than community college now, um, they got all the time in the world to be in a rock band. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, I'm not necessarily blacklisted, but when I walked away from the music awards, when they asked me to perform, and I said no, um, and they asked me why, and I said because I'd like to keep my artistic integrity intact. And um, you know, it was uh, I had gone to the awards and looked around and just went, oh my god, like. I just don't fit in here. Right. I still smell like work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, most, I mean, not even most, every band that I know in the 518 hmm. have day jobs. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's just a thing, you know? And, but again, it's the reason that we're doing this is so pure that that's what keeps it going because, you know, we're not doing it to make money. And like in a lot of cases, we spend our own money to like 
make yep. these make these things happen, you know, and it's like because we're doing it because we love it and it's self fulfilling, mm-hmm. and everybody else can fuck off. So, and it's still, you know? and it's and it's still art, right? It's still, yeah, it's still creative. It's it's there's a lot of music that, um, I found, you know, the I can't pigeonhole in a genre or I can't, you know, it, it's it's original and that. Yeah. I mean, when I moved up here and I had, uh, you know. V- talked to Vito from uh Radio Radio X you know um he uh he was enamored by uh, the single I sent him and um and we've got to be good buds since and made a lot of friends and it just it's nice to it's nice to co-mingle with the working class you know yes who are you know? doing the same thing too because mm. you know that they have a respect for what you're doing mm. because they're doing the same thing exactly you yeah. know like it's not like a you're not you don't have, and I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in rate, like my background was radio, like all through like the nineties and early two thousands, I was like a radio producer, radio DJ. And it was like a very corporate mm-hmm. and like, I hated that shit. Like, like, yeah. you know, the way it was handled, it was like artists and musicians are a fucking commodity. Nothing more. You right. know what I mean? Nothing more. And they would, you know take people's like hopes and dreams and just literally just crush them because like eh, mm-hmm. it doesn't fit into this tightly fucking you know machined box that we wanted to fit in mm-hmm. so it, it goes so i used to when i worked in radio they used to throw shit away by like the arm loads you know cds and everything and i used to just take everything like everything they were throwing away, I would take boxes. They'd be like, right, you know, we're throwing these out. Be like, yep, I'm taking these. And I would listen to everything. And I found some like really cool shit that, that mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where I was going with that. But what I'm basically <laughs> saying is corporate radio sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I grew up, I grew up with BCN in Boston. Okay, and I yeah. remember, I remember performing there one time and somebody was telling me a story about one of the big, it was a Carter Allen or Oedipus, one of the guys who were, um, who were in the studio and, and they were playing a Bob Dylan song. And whilst that Bob Dylan song was playing, Oedipus was busting out uh, Town Van Zant's on a little side turntable. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, Dylan, great lyricist, but Town Van Zant's meant every fucking word he ever sang. Right. And I was like, well, at least he gets it, you know? It was, yeah. It's 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 tough sometimes, <laughs> the, the shit that you have to do. But that's yeah. why I like the level that we're all at is because mm. we can choose our own shit we don't have to we don't have to listen to anybody really you know what i mean and there's still room for everybody of every genre i, th- mm-hmm. I think anyway yeah. uh, but anyway i think we're at that point where we should hear a tune um, cool you said you were gonna play one live and then we were gonna play one of the studio tracks yeah uh, what do you want to do first uh this is a song called a little lower a little lower it's, uh, yeah it's a it's a song about a certain drummer i won't say his name but it's jason newt um (laughs) (laughs) um he was uh he was my drummer in bone dry system and uh it was just funny because you know the the whole song is uh a lot of people might think it's about a girl a lot of people might think you know it's about a relationship but really what it was about was um the deterioration of a of a group of musicians playing together and the egos and the, uh, um, you know, we, we had a, a song on a Kevin McDonald film, um, that guy, uh, Tony Todd, 
the actor. Yep. Um, from Candyman. Candyman. Yep. And Kevin McDonald's what? Kids in the Hall. No, or Kevin. Different, different Kevin's Kevin. a he's a horror movie director from yeah. from Boston. Um, he has a band. I mean, a uh, a movie called Beg, and um, we were told the guys in the band were told that uh, um, they were using one of our songs. We have, we had a song called Blood Red Blue Jeans, and um, uh, I didn't know that the entire credits at the end was the whole song. And I'm sitting there going, I've never seen a dime, <laughs> and the. <laughs> And it was the drummer who had taken care of the whole, like he, he basically like was like, yeah, here you go. You know, uh, the rest of us didn't, didn't see a penny. Um, and, uh, it was kind of like, whoa, that, that, that was really nice of you, buddy. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's a little lower when you think, uh, when you think somebody can't get any lower, they can get a little lower. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. are we going to hear this one live now? Absolutely. All right, cool. So let's listen to a little lower uh, Christian Montgomery, and then we'll be right back with some more. you rise to fall until you lose it all they'll kick you when you're down so you don't come around a little To get down on night, you wanna know it. But she used to be mine, oh mine, a little lower. We used to get down on night, you wanna know it. But she used to be mine, oh mine. Used to be mine. Be mine. 
That was a little lower, Christian Montgomery, uh, live in studio in the Dazzle Den here. And that's on um, the upcoming Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band album. Yep. Correct? Yeah? Correct. And that's, when's when's that one coming out? Uh, we're shooting for an early August release. Um, the album itself is 12 songs. It's called uh, Lower County Outlaw. And uh, it was produced by Andrew Koss in Manchester at the studios at Strawberry Fields. Um his two prior clients to me were Alicia Keys and John Legend. Um, uh, so um, I guess every like two platinum selling artists, you have to have one that doesn't do like more than a thousand streams. And then you, before you, you know, a thousand streams yet. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, he's he's an amazing producer, great guy, um, super talented, really super talented guy. He played drums on the album, um, played uh, a lot of um, the uh, accompaniment of uh, you know extra strings and piano and some guitar and stuff too. I mean, just multi instrumentalist. And uh, a little lower, he uh, wrote the breakdown part in uh, on the recorded version, which we get a little reggae on and. Um, so, uh, you know, did some co-writing with him. Um, nice. So, and it's funny too, cause we were also saying that I actually know Andrew Koss, um, yeah. not through anything music at all. I used to manage a butcher shop in Manchester and he was a customer. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and, and when you were yeah. saying that, I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy. Like, yeah. He, but, uh, yeah, I've n- had nothing to do with music, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's, you know, his wife's a very talented yes, singer. Yes, and um, the studio that he has is just—it's just a beautiful place to play. Um, a resource that I had never had available to me ever in my life. So, because um, he's fucking legit. Like I, yeah. I remember like when he was coming into the show when he was just a customer. You know, mm-hmm. I knew he was a producer and did music, and I looked him up just to see like what and. I was like, oh my, mm. this dude is like world class. Like, yeah. You know, he had a studio like down in the city and like moved it all up here or whatever. But yeah. He's, right. He was in Times Square yeah, and then he's came like, up no here. Joke. Um, like, yeah. So, I mean, it. <laughs> It was funny, you know, we went to his wife's, um, she had a single release party for a Christmas thing she did, and um, I, I, for whatever reason, had to run out and take care of the horses for a little while, and I got horse shit all over my <laughs> shoes. And, like, I'm walking I'm walking into the, the, the release party, and, you know, people are, like, introducing themselves. They're like, hello, um, my name's Thurston Howell right. third, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, don't worry, that's me. The smell's coming from me. Yeah, like that's smells like you know work, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, he had he they they um 
you know, they, they're, they've got a great thing going on over there. I mean, I wish, um, I wish he would advertise this place more because uh, like he would just destroy all the competition in the area. Right. Um, and what's that like, you know, like you were saying that you haven't experienced anything like that. Like I certainly haven't. Yeah. Having like someone of that, I guess, caliber that does what they do fine, you know, cause obviously if he didn't see the talent in you, he wouldn't put any time into it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how does that feel? And how does that affect what you're putting out, just knowing that you've got somebody who's worked with the talents like John Legend and Alicia Keys, and it's like, cool, now let's do the same with you. Like, is that... Well, it was it was funny, because the first six songs that I did um, were with a bunch of local guys from the area. And um, I sat down, I played the guitar, and, and, and we figured out what beat, beat per minute the songs were and whatnot, and um, the rest of the band left. And he was like, okay, so now that we're alone, they're not coming back. <laughs> he goes, and I'm bringing these guys in. And um, he was like, these songs are phenomenal. Um, he goes, it's different. I can't put it in a genre. I don't know where you fit in the musical world. It's different and it's cool and I dig it. And so he went in and played one uh, song on the drums and I was like, holy shit, like you're a drummer and he was like he's well, in everything yeah, <laughs> yeah like, he's like yeah i play drums too and uh um and then we just started kind of putting the whole vibe of the record together and um you know my buddy john um clark plays guitar um i got this guy jake hill from manchester who um is playing bass now um and uh it's just like evolved into this really cool project and i mean and andrews kind was kind of like the i don't know i don't know if you want to call it like the lightning rod or the spark or whatever but it's just he's very kind he's hard for me to read very monotone yeah yeah um kind of very unassuming unass very yeah, quiet very, very quiet unassuming. and all of a sudden he, he does something musically that is like speaks louder than words right you know so it was it was just it was a lot of fun i mean he's a berkeley guy um you know um and uh but i i don't think it messed him up i mean he's definitely got his own thing going on yeah. you know i walked in the studio and he's got a big millennium falcon hanging over the yes. the, the uh <laughs> over the the board and i was like all right we're gonna get along you know it was cool so that's awesome yeah hell yeah um so i guess the new album coming out in August, yep. you know, it was produced all by Andrew. And is it done as far as you, your part at this point? Is it now like in the hands of, it of is Andrew? Now, it is the, now in the hands of Andrew and whoever has uh, is mastering. Um, we did release a single, Gypsy Girl, which is uh, was, um, you know, mastered. It's out there on Spotify and, uh, you know, all the streaming platforms now um, in anticipation of the full length release. Um but uh, everything else where, you know, I Andrew's kind of been sending me mixes and mixes and mixes. And it's like, it's cool. It's like Christmas. Like, it's, I get right. the email from right. him. I'm like, yes. Right. And, right. You know, the guys at my work are getting sick of having to hear it. But and I'm like, look what he did here. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Wow. Yep. Uh, uh, so do you want to hear, you know, I know we were going to play another tune. Yep. Was it uh, another one off of the upcoming album? Or? Yes. Yeah. And which one's this one? Um, I think I sent you, um, I don't know what's real anymore, um, which I went 
full 1985 on the backup vocals. Um, it's a song that I wrote about our current state of affairs with the media um, and just uh, the way that um, American society seems to be right now where you turn on the news and it's just, you just don't know anymore. It's, there's just an alternate reality going on in every channel you change to, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's, uh, I think you'll, uh, you'll get the gist of it when you hear it. All right. Cool. So let's see. It's uh, just don't know anymore. It's called I don't know what's real. Anymore. Oh, I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah. Well, you know. See, yeah. I, I was paying attention. I was. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> All right, and then we'll be uh, we'll be right back to wrap it up with Christian Montgomery.
right. So that was I Don't Know What's Real Anymore, uh, Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band. So, Christian, I want to thank you uh, so much for coming out here and taking time to sit down and talk to me. I uh, really appreciate it. And before we go, like I do with all my guests, I want to give you a chance to say your your gratitudes or highs or whatnot. The uh, microphone is all yours. Thanks. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for uh, Nikki Chaos from Radio Radio X from showing up and hanging out and um, sharing this experience with me, um, and make sure she gets in a game of Miss Pac-Man. Yes, yeah, so we're all getting. We're all. We got to get pictures of us playing. Um, and uh, but thanks to uh, everybody in the upstate scene. You know, I'm like I'm the new guy, and uh, you know, it's I, I haven't met an asshole yet. I'm still looking. You know, but uh, You'll I'm be sure pressed to find. Them. They're, they're, they're rare around here. Um, it's, it's just been really cool. Everybody, you know, Vito, um, uh, how do you say his last, is it Cicerelli, Ciccarelli, Ciccarelli, Vito, Vito, um, Vito's booked me for some shows and I, he's just a great guy. Um, you know, I've met a lot of really cool people up here, um, and had a, and, and had a blast, you know, I went to the music awards in, uh, Troy and, um, I mean, it was just impressive. I mean, this, it's a cool scene and I'm hoping to get on stage with a bunch of bands up here so you know well you're doing the right thing you know because it's it's all about personal connections you know mm-hmm. if you're making personal connections you're gonna start it's about know. making friends yeah, yeah exactly you know? that's what it is and then everything else just falls into mm-hmm. place and your music's pretty good too <laughs> and I, your hope, music is I hope pretty good too. <laughs> yeah no your music's fucking fantastic all right. Uh, anybody All right. else? Or are we uh, Calvin for hanging out. Calvin, He's been my uh, dog, an yeah. amazing co-host. I, I get like a real um, Ed McMahon kind of vibe. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, what he said. <laughs> now he's uh, up on the couch with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, thanks to everybody. Cool. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Christian Montgomery. Uh, well, Christian Montgomery and the Winter Kill Band. Uh, I am Andy Scullin. This is Unsigned 518. And we'll see you on the road. Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.